The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, January 10th, 2023, season 18, episode number 104. Welcome to the latest edition of... Of the break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys today. We got a lot of different topics we're going to hit. And as we do on each Tuesday, we got a little game from Brian. Uh, the mad scientist is over there yes. whipping up some questions, I'm sure, that will boggle the minds. But before we get to that, and uh, we do have a few other things we want to get to, I want to start first with Jerry Jones today. He was on uh, our, our sister station, 105.3, The Fan. And uh, was asked specifically about Mike McCarthy. And the question was, if uh, is there anything that can happen this weekend, or I guess it would be Monday, versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that would change his job status? Jerry very emphatically and literally, like without a lot of explanation, said flatly no. Um, his expectation is that, you know, it, that won't change anything. And for me personally, quite frankly, I think it's the right decision. What did you guys think hearing that? Well, I mean, I don't know if uh, Jerry can change his mind whenever he Absolutely wants can. to. So we'll see what happens in, in this week, um, in this weekend. You know, he also has complete confidence in the staff. He said that have complete confidence. I think he expects to go and beat an eight and nine football team. I think that's what he expects the Cowboys to do. Uh, they're a better team than the Bucks. They have been all year, and they, you know, and um, he expects that. So when that doesn't happen. If that doesn't happen, sorry, if or when, but you know, then we'll see if he still sings the same, you know, same tune because he can change his mind whenever he wants, and he's proven that he he'll do that. But I mean, I I think you're right, but you know, that's why I don't love the question because it's just hypothetical, and we'll see what happens because he's gonna. It's all about how he feels and how does he know how he feels. Yeah, the guys over there debated the morning show. Sean and them debated on even asking the question. And, yeah, but you know, it's one of those things that in radio, you mean the one thing is we're we're looked at in a way of like if you don't ask that mm-hmm. question, yeah. you got it. Th- then, yeah. then people are like, "Well, you never ask tough questions. You never yeah. put, you know." I mean, you with Jerry, I think it's very hard for Jerry to lie. I think Jerry's one of those guys that will like to, you know, like he's standing there after the Tampa game and telling you where Dak's thumb's broken. Ed Warder's late to the party. Ed's asking the question. Well, let me repeat, Ed. Uh, yeah, he broke the, th- you know, instead of just, you know, he, he's trying to like be accessible and he's trying to be and I know that Sean and RJ and Bobby and you know they kind of debated on asking the question but if you don't ask the question then you're looked at it like you don't ask the tough question so I I'm with Nick I don't think he does anything at the head coach I do I do worry a little bit though if you have a little bit of the same result that you had from like the the commander's game you know if you have it where you go out and you look that bad mm-hmm. you know is there now I think he brought Mike McCarthy in here to win divisions and win games, which he has the last two years. But now it's about January football. You know, I mean, Mike likes to talk about how the months and stuff lead up to January football. And that's important. And and I, I agree with Nick as well that Jerry could very well change his mind. He could say, listen, this this is not – we talk about January football and we're failing at January football. 
But I, I, I think that I think that he doesn't make a head coaching swap, even if the Cowboys lose this game. But are there other pieces in play here? How'd you look offensively? You know, what do you think about that? Even though the statistics tell you you have this really great offense, your quarterback does well, except he throws interceptions. You know, your defensive coordinator is on the short list of teams around the league that are looking for head coaches. So this thing by itself could just naturally change. You know, if Dan Quinn takes a job, he might take a guy with him or two. And now your staff is completely different. But to your point, I don't think that he'll make a change if they lose this weekend. And me personally, I don't, I don't, I understand the frustration from fans and all that because it's just like another year and another year and all that. But at the same time, I think I'm me personally, personally, depending on how this game goes, even if they were to lose, I think I'm okay with McCarthy getting another or just having that last year, one more year, because aside from everything and. I'm basing this from me just knowing Jason Garrett, so I don't have like a huge list of head coaches that I've been with and been around. But just from that, I think McCarthy has done some really, really good things for this team. And it feels like since the moment he got here, the positive things that we started seeing, like every time, even this year, you just, it, it always feels like you're only this close. Like you just need to switch here, do a, you know, fix tune this here and tune that and then you're just that close and again compared to what I know the only thing I know from Jason Garrett this is like night and day what I've experienced with Mike McCarthy and the types of things that he's done here and how he's handled this team now there's a lot of things in question like the time management and some game time decisions that are huge and important and that's definitely something that needs to be talked about and criticized but at the same time I don't know how long is the how long you guys would say is the time spam that you would give a head coach to to see how far a lot longer than you. what they do in Houston <laughs> you're right <laughs> yeah I mean I, by the way Houston not doing uh black coaches any favor by the way the hiring practices of black coaches in the league in my opinion, you know, I mean, that's the problem is you don't get the opportunity. I mean, you hire black coaches and you hire them and you fire them a year later. What progress is being made there? You, you can't know? do much in a year. Yeah, yeah. That, I don't, I don't I, quite get. I mean, that, that we it, there's a problem about co- black coaches being hired. There's now a, a bad problem about black coaches not getting enough time. Right. That is a, that is a that is a issue in this league. You know, and so I just I'm sorry I said that. I'm not, I'm not sorry yeah, I said that. I just, you know, I know it's probably not the right setting here, but just what she was talking about, how much time do you give a coach? Houston is a terrible example of what you should do in the National Football League, you know? you fire If you fire a coach every – they've had four coaches, what, in the last three years? You know, you think about interim coaches and stuff like that that they've had dealing down there. So, yeah, you give, you, you've got to give a coach an adequate enough time. To me – What's inadequate? I tell you what, well, okay, if you get in this game this week and Mike McCarthy finds a way and the clock management stuff like you talk about becomes a problem and you lose a game because of him or because of the lack of the clock, there's a lot of coaches around the league that blow time management problems. I mean, I mean, there's a lot. I don't, I don't like it because I feel like there's a way to get around this and do a better job with it. But my, my friend Andy Reid there in Kansas City is one of the worst when it comes to clock management and using timeouts and all that stuff like that. So to me, you know, is it something you, you worry about? Absolutely. If you lose a game because of it, it should be a huge concern of yours. 
You know, and maybe that's the thing that he'll say is like, listen, he gets the team ready to play, he keeps the team healthy, but the problem is though he can't finish these games. That's that's then then that becomes maybe a reason why that he in time, maybe four years is what he's done. Jerry's been very, very patient. I think he went about two to three years too long with Jason Garrett, myself. Yeah, I would look at it like this. You look around the NFL and you try to figure out who are the best coaches around the NFL. They, to me, are, except for Bill Belichick, who was an anomaly, most of the other ones, they are, every year they have their team in the hunt. Every year their team is typically in the playoffs. They're fighting for something at the end of the season and into the playoffs in January football. They don't win it every year. Most of them have probably won it one time, right? But the point is, they're always there. And then other things factor in. You get into a one-and-done type scenario in the playoffs, and it's one of those situations where are you really going to fire a coach who has your team in the playoffs, who's been 12-5 and five the last two years? I, I just think when you look at that, and Nick and I were having this conversation even further yesterday, when you start thinking about, you know, right now Mike McCarthy in three seasons has 30 wins, right, mm-hmm. out of the 50 games that he's played. How many of those games did he play without his starting quarterback? Yeah. Almost a, a full season. It was 16, I think, is what we counted up, Nick. Yeah. So a full season yeah. he's played without his starting quarterback, and he still managed to get 30 wins in 50 tries. That, to me, says he's doing something right. And it certainly says to me you would be – to me it would be a a poor decision right now to say after two seasons, no matter what happens this weekend, we're going to give up on this experiment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think in, in situations, particularly you talked about Houston, but I think it's in around the league. When teams – Get rid of a coach after a year, two years. That, to me, says the GM or the person that made the decision, yeah. they should also be held accountable. Absolutely. Because you made a bad decision. Because yeah. if, if, if you knew after a year or two years that he wasn't the right guy, then you didn't do enough due diligence on the front end to know whether he should the, be the guy that got the job in the first place. The guy in Denver's living that right now. And the guy, and then the guy, and once that once they made the decision in Arizona, and Steve Kime knows that he made a bad decision there. They've gone through some coaches, so it's time to move on from him. And just if you want my opinion, the best coach in the National Football League is Mike Tomlin at Pittsburgh. Don't there's not a better coach than Mike Tomlin in this league. I think there's I, I think there's a very talented guys, but you look at consistency throughout mm-hmm. his team. At one time, they were looking. I mean, he's had like every, every year he's been a coach, 15, 16 years now. Winning record, playoffs, Super Bowl, things like that. I mean, that's that's what you strive for when you hire hire a coach. And you look at Pittsburgh, three coaches in yeah. the history of their no. franchise. Yeah. Three coaches. Really? I think there is there is something to be said yeah. for keeping consistency at the head coach position because you know every year there's a system that you have. There's a way of doing things that you just have in place. Now that doesn't mean you stick with a guy for 15, 20 years if he's losing all the time. But they but do, this guy they doesn't. obviously yeah. have shown yeah. they know how to set up the right scenario. They find the right guy, they hire the right guy and then they let him go. Yep. And and they just trust him to keep doing the right things. All right, we're going to take our first break when we come back. Uh we'll jump into the game. Brian's got a game for us. We'll hit some of those uh questions and uh and then we might have some questions in the final segment. We'll be back DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 
5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the Cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to the break. It's playoff week, and the Cowboys need you. Show your team pride and support this postseason with the best gear in the league. Head to the nearest pro shop or log on to shop.dallascowboys.com, and let's get routing. Let's do it. Welcome back to the second segment of the Break Life in SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. This segment brought to you by blockchain.com. Brian, it's your turn. Derek, Cowboys' lack of running success these last four weeks on an opponent's or the offensive line injuries? Hmm. I think it is on the offensive line. I think the the movement on the offensive line, the loss of Tyler Biotish, and how they handled that. And I'm, I mentioned this to someone yesterday. If Tyler Biotish were not to come back this week, I would actually really consider moving Tyron Smith to left tackle and putting Jason Peters on the right side. Right now, Jason Peters isn't playing that great. I don't think Tyron is playing up to his no, standard. It's, it's been a little tough at and that so, right side. And so to me, I like, okay, if I can show up the left side at least where I have Tyron where he's comfortable and I know Jason's a problem and i got to give him some help, then I'm okay with that. Right now, I can't have both my tackles being a problem. So for me, I think it's the offensive line. I think that's been the biggest problem, and and I, I think they got to fix that. Probably number one problem they got to fix going into the playoffs, in my opinion. Nick, yeah, Cowboys, not, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say probably the offensive line, but I mean, those are three really good teams, uh, three really good uh, de- run defenses. But you know, I wonder if Tyron Smith. I mean, do you think maybe he went to the coaches to play a right tackle for him or for the team? I mean, maybe he did that because he was like, 
Maybe it'll be easier for me, depending on, you know, you must, sometimes you get tight end help, or sometimes you're not facing the best rusher. Is it is it better? You're saying maybe he didn't think he was ready to be at left I tackle? I don't know. I mean, he's not. Yeah. He, I'll wait for his press conference to, for him to, to talk <laughs> about that. So, I don't yeah. know. I But I, I do think it's the, the, the O-line. It just caught up to him. I mean, you can't just keep shuffling day in, yeah. day out, every week, and, and expect it to, be, to, to not have any issues. Yeah, most teams are right-handed mm-hmm. when they play offense. So, that's kind of your right tackle. They always talk about the left tackle blindside guy. But if you look at the point of attack, that's your right tackle and your right guard, and they have it. They haven't played as well. I, I, the, it's so strange. I mean, and I, the more I evaluate it or try to evaluate it, I didn't get that right tackle spot right yet. Mm-hmm. You know, when you start to talk about with Steele and then what I thought was going to happen with Tyron Smith plugging in there. It just hasn't been as smooth of a transition that I thought it was going to be. You know, man, you're putting a Hall of Fame player over there. You know, we might be seeing the end of Tyron Smith. I mean, we might, the, you know, father time and injuries and all that might have just caught up, you know, with this guy who is a Hall of Fame player. But, yeah, I don't know. Amber, what, what do you got? Run, is the lack of running success these last several weeks and an opponent thing? Or no, the offensive line injuries same problems. Thing, the, just the injuries. I just looking at all the teams they faced uh, since the injury. I don't think every team, every opponent has put all the resources in trying to stop the run. So it it, it can be that. I'm sure you you face some good teams with like run defense, but I don't think that's that's the issue here. It's more. Just having that balance and Terrence Steele, like you said, yeah. we miss him, they yeah. miss him, Cowboys miss him for sure. And again, t- well, Tony Pollard was out one game, right? Right. It was just one. But even with Malik Davis in there and Zeke, it's not like their game is changing. You know, it's not like they're just underperforming or like getting worse or anything. So it has to attribute to what the O line hasn't been able to do currently. Nick. Yes, sir. Who do you think wins a close game, Dallas or Tampa? Tampa. I think Tampa wins a close game. And if it's close, I think Tom Brady will win it at the end. He's done it. He did it in 2011 when he threw it, you know, when he drove down. He had played terrible all year. I mean, all game. And then he came back and won with Wes Welker. Just, oh, boom, 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 touchdown. And so he's done, and he's done that this year, too. I mean, they're 8-9, and I think they, they probably have won three games that I can remember that he just kind of saved them at the end. So uh, I think I think he, he will win. He would win a close game there. I mean, the Cowboys have lost two overtime games. Um, so... Uh, yeah, and, and both times it, they've made mistakes. Um, I think that, that's definitely Derek. I agree wholeheartedly. I just I don't see a scenario where, and th- by the way, it's not just the Cowboys. Any team that's fading, facing Tom Brady and he has the ball in the final moments of the game with an opportunity to win, I'm going to put my money on the fact he's going to win. Because by the way, I can remember so many times when he has. I can't really think of many times when he hasn't drove his team down to win the game. So mm-hmm. close games, by default, I think go to Tom Brady. Ambar? I think it, because the Cowboys have not shown me that they're capable of doing something like that, and I'm specifically talking about how they manage the clock, the decisions that McCarthy and Kellen Moore make, I think that's going to be a problem this weekend, it's it's just tough. I'm really, really concerned about the lack of 
like the defensive line being able to pressure enough because again the defensive line looked totally or was performing completely different from that first game that they played against Tampa versus what it is now. So you got a defense that has dropped down versus a quarterback that's picking his game back up, and I don't think it's going to be a really favorable matchup for the Cowboys. So the Philadelphia, because it's Gardner Minshew, gave you guys no hope that you can get a stop on at the end of a game? It's not. It's not about like I said before. It's not about the Cowboys. Mm. It's not about whoever. It's, it's not about all the other quarterbacks in the league. It's about that yeah. quarterback. Yeah. He just like tell like I can't remember a time I've watched Tom Brady in a scenario where he's got the ball to win the game and he doesn't ultimately win the game. I just don't recall seeing that very much. I just don't trust anybody anybody in the league to stop Tom Brady and, in that scenario. And it's also you know fifty seven fifty eight minutes through where it's like all right I can I've. I've seen what you're doing all game. I mean, I know what you're doing mm-hmm. now, and I know who can cover and who can't. And and I think that's kind of what happens. Let's go down. Two-minute offense is you know typically him calling the plays. It's probably better than the coordinator that they have. And, you know, he just goes down there and, and, and makes the play, and they've got a good kicker uh, that, that, that makes, you know, the clutch kicks. And so, you know, we saw it in week one last year, or, yeah, last season is when, when the Cowboys took the lead. And yeah. You just never really thought they were going to stop him. So... Um, you know, that's why they, they that's why I wonder first quarter, second quarter, you know, and you're down there and it's third and goal or fourth and goal. Gotta play the, the game three. go differently. Maybe coach yeah. the game differently. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you gotta put it on them a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You gotta be aggressive with well, the Well and then if, if the kind of what they've done all year, I mean, with an exception of some games, the Cowboys it takes them like two quarters to start playing well. Mm-hmm. So is this a game where you could kind of stay close and in the limbo with like hold Tom Brady for two quarters and then kind of come back in the second half and turn play? it on? Yeah, like yeah. I don't think I don't think this is gonna be one of those games where you are. That's not gonna cut it. You need to go out there, get on the field, and start playing football. The injuries could be a problem for the Buccaneers on defense. That's something we need to keep an eye on this week. Yeah. Okay, Ambar. Other than score more points, this absolutely has to happen for Dallas to win this game. Um well, no issues on special teams. <laughs> Like this weekend, um, I would say. There you go, mom. Yeah, right, I was about to say. Mom. Shout out to mom. Yeah, my, my, my mom actually called me and she said I was I was listening to the uh, to the show yesterday. You didn't mention special teams once. It's like it changed the whole game. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you're, She's not you're wrong. right. Yeah, we did not get to it. It was on my list. We did not get to it. At least your mom didn't drop things. an f bomb after talking about it at home with me. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, maybe. I didn't even bother mentioning it yesterday because I don't think it's a trend. I don't think that's going to be something that's going to be reoccurring. It's just one of those things that they just had a bad game. And it, it's just not usual. It's something that was a little more unusual than what we've seen. That's, know, that's the, only... the second putt that guy's dropped. Yeah. And that's I, I asked this to Nick during the game. I asked Nick during the game. I said, "Is it hey, worth it?" Is, is no, it well, worth having him it, on? Or now off? that it's the second time, yeah. do you have to start thinking like? If we're in a situation where we're no one, we're not yeah. going to get a great return. Is there a more sure-handed guy you can put know, back there to catch scary. it? Because it, he may be thinking, "I'm trying to go for the big play here." Which, by the way, I love that yeah. about him. Yeah. But it also could mean that maybe he loses his focus sometimes, and that ends up in a muffed, you know, muffed kick. So I, yeah. that's where it's it's a little tough. Because a Pro Bowl player, we're yeah. just talking about like having a specialist back there to <laughs> catch know. the ball for him. 
think he's I think he's a weapon, but it's got to be for the Cowboys. It can't be for the other teams. <laughs> so what, um, what they have to not Anyways, do. I just think whoever is on the other side, I, I, just cornerbacks. Other than Trevon Diggs, the corners to be able to have a good game. Okay. Derek? Yeah, I was going to say that the, the, the big plays, but, but I'll change it to also I think it has to be a game where Dak plays clean. What I mean by that is he can't have he can't have the dumb <laughs> interceptions. Yeah. They can't play volleyball out there. They can't do the unforced error type stuff. Yeah. Like it has to be if if there's something how if a defender makes a great play on the ball and gets an interception, that is what it is. Yeah. But it can't be like, you know, you just throw into triple coverage and and end up with an interception. It can't be ball hits guy in the chest, bounces up, and then get an interception. Catch the ball. You have to be focused this game. You can't have the unforced errors. This this team, if you if you have a close game with them, as we just talked about, likelihoods of winning are probably pretty small. So you can't have those kind He's of He's going errors. away with a lot of interceptions, just winning games regardless of the interceptions. In this instance, if this you is get a game where to he turn does not throw in the an playoff. interception, yeah, yeah. you're screwed. Not not one. I'm saying just if and like I said before, it's not just it's not just an interception. It's how you throw the interception. He's got to be way more focused and way more aware of protecting the ball than making the silly mistake, right? Mm-hmm. So if something happens where the other team makes a great play, that happens. That's yeah. the NFL football. You can't make the silly mistake because then it just – I think those kind of things that you're going to combine that with the ones that are just making great plays, and now you're up to two or three uh, mm-hmm. turnovers. So I think you got to be smarter with the ball. Yeah, I mean, every every touchdown pass Dak throws at Maher has got to be the one kick in the extra point. It's, that's got to be the one. It can't be the other way where it's a return for a touchdown. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan a suck up not yeah. kicking no, extra no, points. No. Yeah. His touchdowns have got to go yeah. off north. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, he just can't have a pick six. I mean, like you said, you got to be clean. He could maybe, maybe they'll throw one pick and you can kind of recover from that. But but I think I think the Buccaneers are challenged, I mean, offensively. Even though they've got they Tom score. Brady, they don't score a lot of points. Yeah. So, you know, you Go, go back to that game, what, 2019, I believe, they played New England, and it was just a rain fest, and it was mm. terrible. And, you know, block I thought punt, they, they, block yeah. punt yeah. was the only touchdown that yeah. they got. I think they won 13 to 9, and it was because of that blocked punt. And it was another game where, you know, I, you know, I think Garrett was outcoached by the elements of that game. Belichick, yeah. you know, knew what was happening with wind and kickoffs and stuff like that. But you know, Brady. But you give him, you give him a little bit. He's going to take advantage of it. So mm-hmm. I, I think that you just cannot have interceptions in short fields. And if that means Dak has to be a little bit less aggressive, then I'm okay for yep. it. Play a Cooper Rush type because game. he keeps saying. I'm not worried about it. It's not going to happen. Oh no! I'm, I'm going to be. I'm, I'm. You know, mentally tough, mentally focused, which is which is fine. I mean, that's great. That's what got him here. But maybe he should. You know, take it back a little bit. Maybe you can't make every yeah. one of those throws you think you can make. That does. Maybe it. Noah Brown's not going to catch every every pass over the middle that you throw. What? Well, no, let me tell you. He's not going to catch every pass you throw to him over the middle like that. He's yeah. not. It's not. I don't know why he thinks that's Larry Fitzgerald, but it isn't. Does that does that style of football still work as successful for this team? Because earlier in the season when they were doing that, when Cooper Rush was playing yeah. quarterback, the defense was playing out of its mind. Mm-hmm. We have not seen that defense in several weeks. Do you think they could still afford to play that style of football that's a lot more conservative and expect their defense to really be able to I hold the other team? I disagree. With I, don't know, okay, what, I, don't, I don't know if you could play conservative against this quarterback. Yeah. That's what. I, that's all I'm saying. I mean, to me, I'm going to take my chances. I, and I know they don't score points, but your defense, like I said, you 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 got to try and, and build a lead. I mean, a big lead on this guy. And even then, he's probably going to come back. You know, I mean, we've seen him do it before. It was many moons ago. 
but you just no lead safe with this guy. It yeah. really, really isn't. You know, the only thing that will do my heart good is if you see the back of his jersey with grass stains on it, if you see Brady with green across the back and the two with some grass across the back, that's that's how you win football games mm-hmm. playing this guy. Well, who's getting kicked out? Because that, yeah. that's going to be 15-yard penalty. <laughs> but, no, but, but that's what you're – you mean, every time you, you watch every down. time you watch him play, yeah. if he's got grass stains on his back, yeah. you're doing your job. Yeah. That, that, that affects how he plays. So that's kind of where I'm at with that one. All right, Nick, here we go. Are you to the point of saying, what the heck, play Xavier Rhodes and take your chances? Mm. <laughs> uh, and by the way, Xavier Rhodes is the new corner. The that new corner. Were, yeah. It's not so new. Uh, to, to football in the NFL, yeah, you know they don't have a lot of a lot of options, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think so. I mean, I, I like um, you know, hopefully Bland will be ready to go. Um, Nashawn Wright, I, I I don't know. I think you know, I think they're all going to be about the same. But I, Xavier Rhodes, it's one of those things. Like if you if you've got one in you, well, yeah. let's hope it's this one. Yeah, you know, yeah, kind of. That's what Derek. Yeah, I think he's right now. I would, if I were putting my list together, he would be my fourth cornerback. I think Wright, Bland, and Diggs are the three that I kind of roll mm-hmm. with. If they're all, if if healthy, assuming Bland's healthy, I roll with those three. But I have him right there, ready to jump in. And quite frankly, on cat one, ready to take yeah. off the, the deck. <laughs> right. And I and I did mention this yesterday, and I'll go back to it. Hang I do man. think because of his size, his length, uh, on a guy like a Julio Jones. Yeah. I would like to see if there are some opportunities I have to kind of match him up a little bit there and see if I can kind of neutralize that a little bit. Uh, but but ultimately, yeah, that's that's it. they they are going to be they're going to have to really worry about what's happening at the cornerback position because of the receivers they're playing this yeah. week and the quarterback that they're playing. And uh, and I don't, I just don't know if they can match up completely. I just think they got to kind of mix and match things here and there, show them different kinds of looks, cornerback to to defensive back. I mean, uh, defense back to, to wide receiver to see if they can, you know, kind of do whatever they can with them. Ambar. Uh, well, I'm sorry, but I don't have an answer for you. I would have to try to secretly sneak in to practice <laughs> and watch to see how he looks. I have no idea how he yeah. currently looks out there. So, but I'm with Derek. I mean, and I guess he'll be active, right? Yeah, so he's, probably so. He's, so he, We'll see. It's not an, a hard position to kind of sw- uh, rotate or anything like that. So I, I would assume all of them play this game. I'm guessing he's not a special teams guy because of his age, right? He's going to probably so. have to play a little bit. Though. Right. It just depends on what the role is. Yeah. 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 I yeah. mean, for sure. And I mean, first round pick comes into the league um, and plays and starts. And he was, you know, a good player and yeah. all that stuff. So I doubt he played a lot of it. Yeah. But. You know, you want to get here. When you get here, you might have to do what you have yeah, to do. Yeah, kind of like James Washington had to sure. play a little yeah. bit of well, it. Well, you, you know, he was on the practice squads too. You yeah. know, like he was on a practice squad, Bill's yeah. practice squad. I mean, he was on practice squad. So you're 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 doing thing. You have to be doing a little, some scout team. You know, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Final question for you guys, real quick. Uh, uh, oh, hang on here a second. Who scares you more, Tampa's defensive line or their wide receivers? That's a good one. Um, I think, I think the wide receivers because of the, what we just talked about with the corners. You know, they, they, Evans and finally figured it out. Evans and Godwin, they are playmakers. I think they're both pro pro bowlers at some point, and I and I think that they are still better than what you've got at cornerback. So, just based off of what the Cowboys will be facing with those guys, then I would say 
the receivers? <sighs> that's a hard one, man. I, I would probably <laughs> opt for the receivers just because that's the quickest way to lose. You give up a few big plays and bam, you're already down, you know, 14 points. Or, or you have a Washington game yeah, <laughs> with right. the defensive line. <laughs> true, uh, but but no, I just I just think you can probably like if you can't run the ball. I've seen the Cowboys be successful when they can't run the ball. Yes, I've not necessarily seen them be successful when they're giving up 40, 50 yard plays every you know every few minutes. Chunk like, plays, yeah. yeah, that's where I'm a little bit more concerned. So I I I think both of them are huge concerns. I just think the wide receivers have a. The, the Tampa wide receivers, if they have a good day, that is the quickest way for the Cowboys to get pushed Eliminated. out of the playoffs. Yeah. And Barr. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to get past what happened this weekend in Washington and, and how they were getting to Dak. So, but at the same time, I mean, receivers are connected to Tom Brady. Tom Brady, for, for him to have a good game, you got to work with the receivers. So I would say, just like you guys. Receivers. Just the matchups there, cornerbacks versus receivers. Thank you guys very much. All right, we, uh, we're we going to take our final break. We're going to come back. I got a question for you guys. I want to talk a little bit about some of the injured guys and what the prospects are of them playing this weekend. We'll talk about that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field, United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, Gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling, United Ag and Turf for winning. The official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Little Sweets! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweets says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's on something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Back to the break. 
the regular season is over, and James Wright was the 2022 Cowboys Fan of the Year, but now it's time for the playoffs. Now it's time to get James ready to go to the Super Bowl. You can vote for him to be the NFL Fan of the Year, presented by Captain Morgan. Cast your vote at NFL.com slash Fan of the Year. Welcome back. Final segment of The Break Life in the SWBC Studios. At the star, let's talk about some of the injured guys. There are three guys in particular that haven't been playing uh, that we hopefully expect to hear some good news heading into the weekend. Tyler Biotis, Jonathan Hankins, Leighton Vanderesh. If I ask you to put those in order of most important to the Cowboys' success, specifically versus Tampa Bay, how would you place them? Hmm. Man, what a good question. I'm going to steal that one from you today for the radio. <laughs> Uh, give me Vanderesh, give me Biotish, give me Hankins. Hmm. <laughs> give me Hankins first. I go Hankins first, uh, and then and then Biotish, and then Vanderesh. I'm, I'm exactly backwards. Yeah. Damn it, that's what I was gonna say. Hank, I, I, Hankins, yeah. Go, go ahead. That's exactly that's what it. because of. Okay. That's a really good we, question. We would have to know. Okay, I just stole is he able that one to, from you. <laughs> Hankins come back and play exactly how he was playing. Hopefully so. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was huge in helping the Cowboys mm-hmm. stop the run. The running, the run defense improved a whole lot. And then you look at what's happening with the offensive line and, and not having Tyler Biotish in there. It seems like all those juggling around is not working as well as we thought it might so yeah, and then Vanderish, he is missed, and mm-hmm. he you definitely need him need him, but to me right now he does fall currently at the bottom of those three. Yeah, and another thing about Biotis, too, and I know I've been you know critical of him, but but anytime you lose your center, it's not it, it's you're talking about the guy that makes the line calls, you know, you, and, and that that kind of changes a little bit of everything and just how when the call is made right before the snap, all that kind of stuff, just recognition. You want the guy that's been there. You know, Tampa Bay hasn't faced the Cowboys like normal offensive line like ever. You know, like in the last, I mean, like think about it. two years ago, Zach Martin didn't play because yeah, of COVID. COVID. And this year, mm-hmm. just, you know, they get Tyler Smith in his first game and then McGovern gets hurt and Farniak comes in. I mean, so, you know, even even this game is going to be kind of shuffled around a little bit. But but I just think Hankins in the middle, that's another element that the Buccaneers haven't seen uh, when they face the Cowboys is just a really beefy guy. Especially when they're dealing with problems at center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They haven't been exactly healthy at center. They won't be healthy at center going into this game. Their so, third center, you said? Yeah, they, they, they're they down. I mean, we'll uh, keep an eye on what the practice report looks like for them at center because that might be something that, you know, the thing with the thing with Leighton Vanderesh, he's gotten to the point now where he's making Hankins makes Vanderesh better because Vanderesh can run behind somebody that's taken up all these blocks. So if the ball bounces outside with Fournette or the ball goes to the edge or the perimeter, now you got Vanderesh playing downhill, which helps. That's great for having Hankins. Man, Damone Clark is having to play so much. That Vanderesh helps Damone Clark. I was talking to somebody in the organization this morning about that. I said, listen, if anything having Vanderesh back, it helps you with Clark. Mm-hmm. Clark is Clark is not playing well because he's playing next to Barr, who hasn't really played well either. Right. So now you got two guys that aren't playing great. But Vanderesh helps Clark be better than what we've seen the last few weeks since Vanderesh has been out. And and that's primarily why my my order was very different than all of yours. I said Biotish first because, in my opinion, 
the offense. They are line. going to win They're gonna have to move if the, line. the offensive line can yeah. move the ball, and they went they move the ball best when their offensive line is as good as it can be. Yeah. So Biotis is first for me. Second is Leighton Van Der Esch, mainly because of what you talked about. Yeah. I think Clark and Barr have been a big part of the reason why the defense, particularly the run defense, has been suspect lately. Okay. There are a number of times when you see them just not filling gaps. Like they either they don't recognize it. Or they just don't get there. That was one play last year. 33 doesn't see it. Thir- yeah. 42 sees it. He just can't, can't get, get there. there. Right. 33 sees it not clean all the time. Did you see the play where Damone Clark literally took off sprinting yeah. backwards like he was in deep cover two type? Yeah. And and it was a run like yeah. right in a gap yeah. that he should have been filling. And I'm like, what? What is he doing? Like, I don't yeah. know if there was a bad call, the miscommunication. Maybe he was right, and everybody else was wrong. It certainly looked like everybody else was playing a different defense than he was. But it's those kind of moments it's, where I'm just like, I don't know if Clark say, is. I, I don't know if it's coming. It might be coming a little too fast to him right now. Yeah, with what they have on the field. I mean, I was talking to this guy this morning about it, and I'm like, and I, I said, listen, just comparing to me, it's like when Darren Woodson was playing with Roy Williams, mm. and he, like, he would line Roy Williams up and say. That's who you. That's your guy. Go get him. Or hey, you got a blitz. Or you got a. You know, I, there's just you know even on the touchdown that they had the other day when they, when you know when you know, the receivers coming across and Williams he I mean he's got to get a collision there and he doesn't and now the you know mm-hmm. now it's you know up and you know it's a touchdown and yep. you know and that's that's just stuff. Van Der Esch is not going to miss that collision on a crosser. Yep. that's just not going to happen. So, I, I will say this though about Hankins though. You know, if, if the Cowboys are going to beat Tampa, they can have to. They cannot let Fournette just go off on him. Yeah, and and I think that happened with, last game. It did. And, and six I, yards of carry. And I think with him, I think you know, if you look at when he was really playing well, it was that stretch going up against Minnesota, Dalvin Cook, and Barkley on mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, and for the Giants, and then Jonathan Taylor. You know, which. He didn't play. He missed Jonathan the game. Taylor he missed the game. game. That's right. He was hurt against the Giants yeah. on the fourth down play when he reached back. And right, was, right. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, but they didn't run the ball at all. I mean, whoever they put in there, Joseph Adai, I don't know who they put in there. The Colts, <laughs> but they they they, they, shut, they shut him down. And I think Hankins in that middle has really solidified things, coupled with with um, with Layton. The the best part about this is it's like you know, chicken, beef, or or, or shrimp. All three, like they're all coming back, right? Uh, Nick, I think Nick Eatman special, right? Give me all of combo it. platter. They're all coming <laughs> in, and you can throw in Duran Blant for dessert. Like they're all coming back, okay. right? Yeah, sure. Why not? I'm hungry. It's playoffs. All right, we appreciate you guys, Jones. We'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to jump in uh, to some detail. We're going to talk about that Tampa offense versus the Dallas defense. Talk about maybe some things that are different now than they were in Week One when the Cowboys faced the Buccaneers. Till tomorrow for Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia. I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about that?